Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Well, hey, good morning, Love City Church. We're glad you're here this morning, Church Online. Uh, we love you. We're glad you're having a great day today and the beautiful Sunday today. And whatever day you're watching this video and whoever you're watching it with, we're so thankful that you decided to tune in. Um, we love uh, you, and we're just so thankful you're here with us today. So we're in a series right now called Hidden Treasures. And what we've been talking about starting last week was we're talking about in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 talks about the story of a man. Uh, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of God. He was said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A man was walking by a field, and as he walked by the field, he recognized or saw a treasure, a hidden treasure. He went over to it, saw it, and decided to go back into the town and to sell everything he had and go back to that land and purchase that land so that he could obtain that treasure. And what we've been talking about in this last, uh, this next, uh, this week and next week, as well as last week, uh, we talked last week about family. And this week we're going to talk about rest and next week about trusting in the Lord and about how during this season of our lives where we've uh, all uh, kind of experienced this slowdown a little bit, this mandatory slow down. And as you're watching this now, you know that they're making changes across the government and they're opening things back up. And so, uh, but what this has done is it's given us an ability to look back at the season that we just experienced and look at what are the values that we can learn from? What are the things, the hidden treasures that maybe you and I walk by every single day? This man probably walked by that field every day. He probably was very familiar. He probably didn't see anything of any value in that field. But one day when he saw that there was something below the surface, there was something that was deeper, there was something there was more in that field, he was willing to sell everything and go all in to purchase that field that he might obtain that treasure. And so last week we talked about how one of those hidden treasures is our family, our, our, our natural and our spiritual family. And how both of those have to work together. Both of those need to be balanced in our lives. And we need to invest into them and give our lives to them. This week, we're going to talk about rest. And this is something that's very, very, very important to me uh, in my life. And something that I've recognized over the last several months is that many of us know that life went from this kind of fast-paced, planning, regular life to all of a sudden we were halted. I mean, I just looked at my journal and I wrote in the very you know, first week of COVID and I wrote at the very top, life has been halted to a stop and no one knows what's going on. <laughs> it was like life just came to this crazy halt, crazy stop and everything that we normally did uh, just ended and life became chaotic on some level. But what it did was it was like the world hit a pause button. It's like the entire world paused, some lost their jobs and some most kids came home from school and you know, in our home, my wife uh, continued to work from, from home for the school, but she also had to help our kids with homeschool. And I continued to work from home. I'd had to do all of our uh, counseling things or speaking things from video or Zoom chat. Everything came to a halt in our life. And many of us, and even my life, many of us began to feel very anxious about the idea that we were all stuck doing nothing, but we all felt like we were supposed to be doing something. 
And I remember in the very beginning of this journey, and I, I, this is kind of a vulnerable, maybe this is a counseling session for me, the last next three weeks, talking about all the things I struggled with. The last week I talked about how I struggled with my family, and this week I'm going to talk about how I struggled with resting. I, I, I felt like things were moving in my life with such momentum, things were going great, and then life stopped, and I found myself feeling very insecure, anxious, a little bit like, gosh, I don't feel like my life has any value. I felt like the moment I stopped doing things, I struggled to find my personal value in something other than my job or something other than the things that I did on a regular basis. And what it did was it forced me to stop and consider what is it about not doing anything? What is it about this idea of resting that has this supernatural power, powerful capacity to transform our lives? There's something about this hidden treasure of rest that causes us to experience something, the kingdom of God in our life. And I actually believe like nothing else can in our lives. And the idea behind this field that this man uh, that this man, this hidden treasure this man found in this field was is that Jesus said, this is like the kingdom of God. And when you and I can learn the powerful, powerful realities and supernatural realities of the Sabbath rest, you will find that you will begin to experience the kingdom of heaven like never before. When you begin to find moments in your life, in your day, where you can begin to stop and rest, and have patience and wait upon the Lord and find ways to begin to turn your life from the rat race of work to a moment of stop where you're with the Lord. Not just devotion time, this is deep soul rest. And there's something supernatural about it, something incredible about it. And I believe there's a hidden treasure that if you and I can learn the power of rest in our lives, not just on a weekly basis, Many of us, what we do is we work our buns off until the summer and we go away for two weeks and we rest for two weeks and none of us is fully rested. <laughs> we come back anxious and fearful and upset because I got to go back to work and you get back into it and then we don't rest again until our next planned vacation. And what I want to suggest to you today is that God will give you the opportunity to rest every day. He'll give you the opportunity to rest every week, every month. And if you really learn the power of rest, this hidden treasure of rest, you can begin to experience the, the Garden of Eden, the Kingdom of Heaven, at simple moments in your life, every day, every week, every month, all throughout the year. And when you get to your vacation, you'll already be rested and you actually get to enjoy that vacation you just paid all those thousands of dollars for. <laughs> and so what I want to share with you today is a very famous scripture. And I have to be honest with you today, I'm going to spit out some random thoughts to you because I want to share my heart with you and, and I have very, uh, several different thoughts that I want to share with you and hopefully it connects to you today and it really resonates with your heart. The scripture I want to read today is going to be our key text. It's found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Very famous verse that Jesus talked about and the context of the verse is, is that Jesus just got finished uh, basically talking to all the different cities who rejected him. And he basically said, woe is you, this city, for you chose not to follow after me. And woe is you, this city. Woe is you, that city. And then he talked about the Pharisees. And now the Pharisees were putting major heavy, heaviness on different followers of, of God. And he was talking about the religious law, the religious things that people were having to do to be right with God. And, and Jesus was going on in this whole chapter 11, talking to all these different people about all the burdens of the law and the burdens of all these things the Pharisees were expecting. And then he comes to this verse and he says this, uh, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. So here Jesus identifies all of the people who are weary, who are carrying heavy burdens, who are potentially carrying something that they need to come to Jesus to make an exchange. And it identifies it's those who are weary, those who are tired, those who are fatigued, those who are overburdened. This, this word of, of, of weariness and, and burdened seems to speak to the idea of a man who has a great, a man or a woman who has a great load upon their back and they're carrying this load to a certain place and there's a destination in which they're trying to get to, but the load is so heavy that they, they, they're carrying a larger load then they have the capacity to care, carry to the destination, which means that when they started the journey, they thought that they could do, take on more than they were actually able to take on and that they, are, they run the risk of never actually getting to the destination that they planned on going towards. That's this, the metaphorical idea of this word burden is the idea that someone took on something that they could not originally actually take on. And it's the idea that there's this burden on our, the Greek word is, is kopos, K-O-P-O-S, kopos. And this word speaks to being beaten or weary as if one had the, the exertion of physical energy. It's like when you're, when you're, you know, when you're working out in the yard, I remember what, last year we were, you know, putting our, 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 um, our patio down and, and I had to move like, bucket loads and bucket loads and bucket loads and bucket loads of rocks. And I wasn't going to ask anybody for help, especially not Joel, because he would just try to impress me with his massive muscles. And I don't think they're very big, so whatever. But he would, you know, offer to help me. And I'd say, I got it on my own, brother. And I would be out there. And I just remember trying to get out of bed the next day. And my body was broken and I was hurting and I was so frustrated and I was discouraged. And then one day when I was out of town, my wife brought in a bunch of people from the church and they moved a bunch of rocks for me. And I walked outside and looked at the rocks moved. And what did I do? I began to cry <laughs> Oh God, thank you. Why? Because I took on more than I could chew and I was going to do that darn thing myself and I wasn't willing to recognize that that is the, 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 the opposite of what it looks like to be a rested person, to take on more than you can handle because you want to prove that you're something that maybe others may think you're not or maybe you don't think you are or you want to prove that I got this or maybe we didn't hear from God and we took on something that wasn't of him in the first place. And so this idea here of this weariness, this, this kopos idea is this excursion, this under the heat. It's like you're physically worn out. It's this idea of you taking on something in the present, in, in, in the present tense, taking on something now that maybe you have the inability to carry forward. And in this context, it's speaking specifically to religion. And it's speaking to the idea that we get into this mindset that I have to do these things. I have to follow these rules and follow these things in order for God and I to be in a great relationship. There's all of these things that I have to do. And it's this, this overbearing reality of religion when in reality, in order to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have to do anything but have faith and believe in your heart and have a relationship with him. He doesn't want all these other things. He wants those things as a response to your love for him but he doesn't need to do those things to be in love with him. And so it's this religious idea. And so Jesus here is identifying what it looks like when you're not rested. So those of you watching today, how many of you are feeling tired? How many of you are feeling weary, fatigued, overburdened, feeling as though, oh gosh, I bit off more than I can chew. Feeling as though discouraged, 
or overwhelmed or frustrated? Or how about this one, angry at God? One of the greatest signs of somebody who isn't rested is they are angry at God. Because people who are rested, when they spend time with the Lord, they recognize that their strength only comes from the Lord. And so the idea of rest speaks to the depths of our heart and the depths of our, our, our mind. And so maybe you're here today and you're, you're weary, you're tired. I want to give you good news today. This hidden treasure is for you and it's really easy. <laughs> it's really simple and it's life-giving and it's life-changing. And Jesus here, he says to this, he says, come to me. So we have to recognize as we start this, this verse here that immediately there's responsibility on your end. He says, come to me. And I know some of you hate this word, but there's a difference between self-medication and self-care. <laughs> there's a big difference between self-medication and self-care. There's a big difference between watching Netflix to rest and watching something that doesn't feed your soul and watching something that feeds your soul. And I don't know what that looks like. And you can decide between you and the Lord. But there's a definite difference between self-medication and self-care. Self-care is when you end up coming to Jesus. Self-care is when, when you're fly fishing and you're spending time with the Lord. Self-care is when you're working out and you're resting in who you are in Christ. Self-care, self-medication is, I don't feel good about myself. I don't like who I am, so I'm going to work out like a dog. Self-care is, I know who I am in Christ. God loves me. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, but I'm going to work out because I know it's good for my soul. Self-medication and self-care are very different. And Jesus here, here says, you need to come to me first. Make sure that when you're resting, make sure that when you're, when you're taking a break, you're not just taking it to be able to indulge and, and self-medicate. Sometimes we self-medicate with alcohol or food or movies or things like that. And I, all those things are fine. But, but as long as those things aren't leading to you just being more selfish, the purpose of rest is that we might know our Father and that our Father might know us, that we might know who we are in Christ and who we are as His. And so there's a big difference between self-medication uh, self and self-care. And one of the verses that I've been reading is in Exodus chapter uh, 17. And I'm going to turn to it in my Bible here. Exodus chapter 17. It's a crazy verse uh, where... Um, the, the, the people of Israel had gone through this long journey in the wilderness at this point. At this point, they had decided that they were going to um, uh, continue to complain even though God had provided for them time and time again. And it says in, in, in Exodus 17, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. Notice, the Lord led them on this journey. The Lord was sending them place to place. They weren't wandering aimlessly. They were going place to place by the Lord's leading. And it says in this verse, they camped at Rephidim. The word Rephidim means rest. So he had them camp in a place of rest. So they were positioned to rest. They were on that vacation. They were on that walk. They were exercising. They were riding that bike. They were doing that. They were in a position where they were about to rest. God brought them to a place from place to place. He says, okay, I want you guys to take a season where you can just rest today. I want you to rest in this moment. And this is what he said. 
He says, they, named it, or they came to Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Now hear me, every time throughout the, the, the Exodus account, when the people of Israel were going through the wilderness, every single time they came to another place, they wanted water. They were missing water. And in the scripture, this parallel of water speaks to the water of the spirit in our lives. That whenever God brings you to a place, what you need from God is you need God to refresh you with the water of his spirit. And so they came to a place of rest. And the first thing they did was say, God, I'm thirsty. But instead of saying, God, fill me, God said, I wanted to come in the scripture. He said, I wanted you to speak to the rock, Moses, and the water would come from the rock. That's what's going to happen. God wanted to do a miracle in that place of rest. But instead of resting and doing self-care, they self-medicated by enjoying the rest, but they were frustrated with God because God wasn't providing for them and God wanted to do a miracle in that moment. Look what he says. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses and they said, why do you bring us up out of Egypt and make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, go out, in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go and I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb and strike the rock and water will come out of the rock for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called this place Massa and Meribah because the Israelite quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? What I find in my life is that when I don't rest well, I don't really begin to realize the point. I, I'm sorry, let me say that again. When I don't rest well, I miss the point of the resting. When we, when we don't rest well on a regular basis where we're in tune with God, where we're connected, where we're coming to him, what we find is you're resting, but you're not allowing your soul to deal with the fact that you're very thirsty for the presence of the Lord. And often, I don't know about you, but often for me, if I don't rest well, I will go long enough on my own strength to where I get frustrated, where I get burdened, where I get angry. I don't understand. I just went on a two-week vacation. Why am I still frustrated? Why am I still feeling frustrated? Why am I still feeling like I don't got this figured out? Why am I still feeling stuck? Why do I feel like every time I have a Saturday, I sleep all day and I still feel disconnected? It's because you went into the time of resting, not understanding what it was for. The purpose of it was to come to Jesus. The purpose of that rest, the purpose of that walk, the purpose of that fly fish, the purpose of being with your family, the purpose of you taking a Sabbath is not just for you to indulge in your joys, even though I think you should do those things. The purpose of them is to stop for a moment and say, Jesus, I'm thirsty. Come to me, Lord. Come and minister to me. Come and come to me, all those who are heavy burdened. He says, and I will give you rest. Many of us go from Saturday to Saturday to Saturday to Saturday to Saturday. In this season, we settled into resting and hey, I got lazy too. It's okay. I slept in and watched Netflix and did all those things. But you know, that kind of comes to an end, doesn't it? You kind of get a little bit tired of it. Think, man, I did all this resting, but I still feel like a piece of junk. It's because we missed the point. The point was to come to Jesus and he might give us rest and to bring those heavy burdens before him. And so what these people did here, God brought them to a place of rest, but they turned it into a place of grumbling. And you might come into a place of rest. I know I do. Whenever I rest, I find myself grumbling before the Lord. And I want you to know, I think that's okay for you to actually be honest with the Lord and how you're feeling. 
Go on that walk. Talk to the Lord. Say what you got to say. As long as you stop and recognize that he brought you to a place of rest when you were in the desert. Think about that for a minute. They were in the middle of the desert and God brought them to Rephidim. He brought them to a place of rest. You have to recognize that every time you get a chance to rest with your family, every time you get a chance to go on that walk, every time you get a chance to cast that line and rest, that is a gift from God for you to come to him. It is a gift from God for you to experience the presence of the Lord, for him to minister to your heart, for him to give you fresh vision for your life, to him to help you deal with the deep issues you're facing. That is the purpose of the rest. So don't allow it to turn into a place where you name it Marabah. Keep it named Rephidim. <laughs> Keep it a place of resting. Keep it a place of rejuvenation. Keep it a place of peace. Jesus says here, he says, I'll give you rest. I'll refresh you. So the only way for us to come and experience that is to come to Jesus. Oswald Chambers said this, personal contact with Jesus alters everything. <laughs> the other thought here is this, he says, take my yoke upon you for it is easy and it is light. That idea of a yoke upon you is that when you put a yoke on an oxen, the yoke that goes on the bull or the oxen, the purpose of that yoke is for that animal to fulfill its purpose. Think about this for a minute. The oxen would not be able to do its job if it did not have the burden. The problem is, is that many of us don't understand what burden we're supposed to carry. What many of us often are saying yes, as I shared last week, to the good things and not enough yeses to the ultimate things. The things that God will ask you to do will never end in weariness, discouragement, anger, or frustration. The things that we call ourselves to will always end in us carrying a heavy burden and a heavy weight on our shoulders. And that's a litman's test for your life right now. If right now you're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated with what you're doing, you need to stop, come to Jesus and ask yourself, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing this for you or am I doing this for a man? Is this what you call me to do or is this what people are calling me to do? Is this what you want with my life or is this just what I told I wanted for my life and I never thought about that? You need to stop and recognize that the yoke of God for your life is easy and light and enjoyable and fun and filled with peace and love and kindness. It's not filled with uh, begrudgingly and obligation and frustration and overwhelming. It does that's not the yoke of God for your life. And so if you're feeling that way, it's not God's fault. It's not the pastor's fault. It's not your boss's fault. I hate to say this, but the ownership and the onus is on you. So I want to encourage you. Think about the burden that you're carrying, the burden you have on your shoulders. And maybe you need to go back and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what is it you are calling me to do? Because if you're, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do, guess what's going to happen? It'll be easy. It'll be light. And what this does is it keeps us from the, the, the yoke that is easy and light keeps us from wearing something that doesn't fit us. So think about this for a minute. The story of David and Goliath. David walked out and was going to fulfill his purpose to go out and take out Goliath. He walked up and felt that God was calling him to do it with his, with his, uh, his sling and his rocks. And right before he's about to go out against the enemy, right before he's about to go out and fulfill his purpose, Saul comes and says, put on my armor. Come on, put on my armor. Put on the, the, the shield and carry the sword. And it says, David put it on and it didn't fit him. And he said, this isn't right. This doesn't feel good. Imagine if David would have carried the burden of someone else on his shoulders and would have gone out to fight Goliath. Guess what would have happened? He would have died. 
Because in that moment, he recognized, oh, no, no, I'm not going to carry the burden that's not mine. I'm only going to carry the burden that God wants me to carry. I'm just going to go out with a stone, and I'm going to go out with a sling, and I'm going to go out with my staff. I'm going to go out with what God's called me to go out with, and I'm going to go out and slay this giant and be who God's called me to be. I will not carry a burden that God has not asked me to carry. I want you to hear me today. If you're carrying another man's burden that's not God's burden, you will not fulfill the purposes of God for your life. Because you have been fitted for the purposes of God, which means that David knew what God had called him to do. And so understand that when we rest well, when we come to Jesus, when we take his yoke, his purpose, his call upon our lives, there's joy that's with it. There's excitement that's with it. Now, it's not always peaches and cream, right? <laughs> it's not always the most exciting and thrilling thing. Sometimes it's a bit of a challenge. But that word, uh, that, that word uh, easy and light, actually, the idea of that word actually means that it fits you. It mean, the idea of the word here is that it's manageable and pleasant. Now, I was thinking about this, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but, I've, uh, but I was thinking about the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And I've shared this before, but think about this for a minute. God was saying to them, I want to give you your purpose. I want to give you a manageable purpose within the controversy, within the challenge, within the difficulty you're facing, but you just have to rest in me. So even when God comes and he puts his burden on your life and calls you to do great things, he's going to call you to do amazing things for his life. We can rest in his purposes. We can rest in who God's called us to be. And you say, God, this is too big for me. God, this is too much for me. If you simply rest in him, he will make it manageable. He will give you the capacity. The people of Israel, in this scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, the people of Israel have been in captivity for 70 years in Babylon. The people that, that the prophet was talking to these people were never going to leave captivity. I have a plan for you, says the Lord, a plan to prosper you and make you successful, but you're never going to leave captivity. So I want you to rest in me knowing that the burden that I'm putting on your life, it might look around you and not make sense. It might seem overwhelming. It might seem daunting. The situation might not change, but if you can learn to rest in me and come to me and take my purposes upon you, even in the tragedy, even in the sickness, even in the hardship, even when things seem hard, even when things seem difficult, even when things don't make sense, you are rested knowing that I'm just gonna carry the burden of God because it's manageable, it's pleasant, it's easy, it's light. He could never change my situation ever, but I'm gonna rest in my father knowing that the purpose and the burden that he's put on my shoulder, he's given me the capacity to carry and I'm gonna rest in that fact. So just because he's, you're going to rest doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in the beach in Malibu with your feet up drinking a Mai Tai. Sometimes your peace and your rest may come in tragedy and difficulty and hardship. But if he's going to put that burden on you, if you're going to take his yoke in, upon you, he's going to give you the capacity that you are able to manage the situation you're facing and you'll be rested and at peace through the entire thing. The other thought here is that the rest keeps you from burnout. And I mentioned this already, but I just want to say this for those who are watching today. I hear a lot of people say to me, I feel burned out. And whenever you say you feel burned out, there's, there's, an, there's a, a very quick um, indicator for me that when someone says they're burned out, that means they have taken on something in their life that God has not asked them to take on. Plain and simple. Because when God gives you something to do, 
as I mentioned, it's manageable, it's pleasant, it's easy, it's light, it's enjoyable, it fills you, satisfies you. The moment it becomes burning out, that's when we've slipped into serving man and not serving God. And so I want to say that to you today because maybe you're watching saying, man, I feel super burned out. Now, I've been burned out before. And burnout for me generally is a definite cynicism. <laughs> it leads to definite discouragement. It leads to definite not believing in myself or anything around me. So when I get burned out, I sense that. But you need to know that most of the time that I, I walk, step back and realize this is because I was taking on all of these things in my life that God never asked me to take on, but I felt uh, obligated to take on. I felt like I had to take it on. Guess what? You're not obligated to do anything but what God's asked you to do. You're free to be free from all the expectations of man on your life. I want to say that again. You are free from the expectations of men on your life. Come on. Many people are discouraged and frustrated. I feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. Oh, that's what I love about this part. That many of us take on responsibilities on our shoulders that God has not asked us to take on. And so we go through life discouraged and upset and frustrated when God's like, what are you doing? I never told you to take that burden. I never asked you to carry that yoke. Why are you upset with me? I never asked you to do that. I want you to take my yoke and my burden, which is easy, which is light, which is enjoyable, which I've given you the capacity to carry. So if I've given you the capacity to carry it, you get to go knowing that my strength is made perfect in your weakness, and I can rest knowing that everything God's put in my life, I'm going to be able to accomplish by his grace in my life. Many of us are so controlled by what men think of us or what men ask us to do or what men are wanting us to go forward with. And I want to encourage you today, if you can spend your life only being led by the Holy Spirit and doing what the Holy Spirit has asked you to do, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a smile on your face and feel rested because you've only done what God has asked you to do. And here's a sign. You know you're doing what man's asked you to do and not what God's asked you to do when you feel stuck. Whenever we feel stuck, that's a sign. Okay, I need to recalibrate and relook at my situation and ask myself, am I doing this for the Lord or am I doing this for someone else? His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Okay, just a few more thoughts here. So the idea of him giving rest for our souls, there's a few scriptures I want to read here and I just want to read about the Sabbath because there's a few things here that I want to point out to you and then I'll let you get to your lunch today. Genesis uh, chapter 20, verse 11 says this, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Here's another verse in Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Hallelujah. Those who do not any work, uh, do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. Oh my goodness. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. Holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between God and his people. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested. Listen to this. God rested and God was refreshed. Now, don't you think that if God needs to rest, that we need to rest? 
Isn't it fascinating that God rested and he was refreshed? Does this mean he was tired? It just shows you that you and I have to find a regular rhythm of rest in our life, whether every day, every week, every month, because if God needed it, we need it. And this is what the scripture says. Here's some things about the Sabbath. Here's some things that you're going to experience. Rest leads to a blessed life. It says that the Sabbath is blessed. It says here that rest leads to a supernatural life. A life set apart to God. The Sabbath is holy. It says the rested life is a reminder that God is the Lord of our lives. What the Sabbath does is brings us to a place where we can recognize God I am not in charge of my life. God, you are in charge of my family. You are in charge of my finances. You are in charge of my life. It is holy, it is blessed, and God, this life is your life. That is the purpose of rest. As you come to Jesus, you say, all right, Lord, this is not my own. This is not my life. My life is yours. He, it's a reminder that he's the Lord of your life. And lastly, rest is where true refreshment comes from in your life. So last verse here, it says this. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. I love how Jesus says that. Rest for your souls. How many of us are being led by our soul? Led by our emotions? Led by our feelings, led by our discouragement, led by our fear, led by all of these emotions. And Jesus says, do you actually want to find strength in this season of your life? Do you actually want to be able to silence the emotions in your heart? The only way you're going to find a silence and a rest for the turmoil in your brain and your heart is if you finally come to me, take upon your heart, your life, my burden. And it says this, let learn from me, let, let me in. That's the three things he says here. Come, take, and let. This restful season is a decision that you have to make. When my wife started this, we started our Sabbath. It was very challenging, but we started taking a 24-hour Sabbath and not booking anything. And I'm telling you, and we're still, it could happen any day because I don't believe it's a Saturday. Just like the Ten Commandments was, a, a, a Ten Commandments said one thing and then Jesus says, yes, but let's take it farther. It's about your heart. So you need to find a time in your week when you're resting every single week. Don't let this season end without you carving out a season of rest every day, every week, every month, every year. Don't waste this opportunity to experience the supernatural kingdom of God, the blessing of God, the rest of God, the refreshment of God, the focus of God, the understanding what I'm supposed to do with my life and who who I am and finding my identity in God. All that comes from you resting and being with your father. And if you live your life going from one thing to the next thing and I'm not, you don't ever rest and ever stop, I want to tell you today you're going to burn out and you're going to get, you will not get to the destination. You'll be carrying the burden and you won't fulfill the purposes of God on your life. We have to learn to rest. One thing I do is I meditate, I rest. I walk, I think, I breathe. Find a way to do that every single day and every single week of your life. And I want to promise you that this is a hidden treasure that you can experience an amazing, powerful encounter from God if you simply learn to rest in your life. Don't turn your Rephidim into Meribah. God wants to do a miracle in your life. 
And this resting season, he wants to do a miracle in your life and in your heart, in your marriage, in your family. And it comes from you stopping, saying, okay, God, I'm thirsty. I need to drink from you, God. I need to come to you. I need your grace and mercy in my life. I need your power in my life. I need your mercy in my life, God. I'm not just gonna rest and medicate and numb my pain with all these things. No, I'm actually gonna touch with my, get in touch with my feelings and my soul and let it out a little bit. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, what do you just go and talk to God? Yes, I just go for a walk and I talk to God and people think I'm insane. They think I'm crazy as I'm walking down the street. I'm like, God, ah, what's going on in my life? And by the time I'm done, I've been with my heavenly father and I've rested, I'm being reminded of who I am and I realize I don't need to take that on but I do need to take this on because God that's what you're calling me to do and I'm reminded that I'm God's son and that I'm called of God and I'm called of his kingdom and I've got a good purpose for my life that's what rest does for us so don't miss this opportunity to see the miracle of God in your life where he wants to hit the rock in your life and he wants to cause water to come forth and he wants to bless you and he wants to bring the kingdom of God in your heart and mind let me pray father thank you much for today I pray for those watching today, Father, who are far from you, maybe don't know you, maybe don't have a relationship with you. I pray today, God, as they watch, Father, they would know that, Lord, that you want to come and bring them rest from religion. You want to bring them rest from the turmoil in their heart and their life. You want to bring them rest from the, str the struggles and the challenges that they're facing in their journey, God. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, you would come and you'd minister to them. You'd speak to their hearts, transform them, God, and help them to know you better today, God. I pray they would take a step forward. They confess with their mouth and they believe in their heart that you're God and they will be saved. We just pray for everyone else watching here today, God, who knows you and is a follower of you. Would you minister to their hearts? Would you minister to their minds, God, and help them to figure out this rhythm of rest? And in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.